everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Sit, the podcast where three dog trainers spanning three generations share all our best tips from our personal experiences and reactions to basically anything dog-related. I'm the Velociraptor trainer boomer of the group, Kim Topher, and every week I'm joined by my Gen X and millennial co-hosts, Lynn Bell and Alice Teal. Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Talk Sit. I'm Alice Teal and I am here with my co-hosts Kim Topher and Lynn Bell. Uh, Today we are talking about socialization and I am super excited to talk about this because um, me and Kim have talked about it a little bit, um, but I don't know uh, Lynn's thoughts. So I'm excited to get into it because this is something I'm very, very, very (laughs) intense about. Um, So Lynn, what do you tell us? Tell us your thoughts so that we can yell at you. Tell us. I already think we're going to like go at this. And I did publish in the IECP journal on this one. Nobody asked. Tell us your opinion. I'm telling you because that was my opinion and I wrote it then. Um, And we, we went over. So I have thought about this and worked on this a lot um, with multiple trainers on this. So I am, I think it's going to also depend on the dog, just FYI. So everything's going to depend on the dog, but I do like, um, want the dogs to be comfortable. I, socialization. Well, first let's define it, right? Then we can argue about it. Social. Well, you define your version. Yeah, you define your socialization. So socialization doesn't mean go play with other dogs. We can all agree on that, right? Yes. Go play. L- loose them. Let them loose. Go play with other dogs. I socialize my dogs. Yes, uh, I or agree people. with that. We or can people. All agree on that. It's not just meet every single person and. Um, no. No, it's not mall everyone you see. No, socialization to me means get them comfortable around the environment or the things or the different things that they're going to see later on Um, and neutral. I kind of want them more neutral. I don't want them like, oh, I saw a dog. I have to freak out and scream because I have to go play with the other dog. That's not my intention. But I do want them able to read body language from another dog, read how to play. Um, I want them to see people as they're there you get rewarded for being around people so that they're not they they're also able to read people um they can tell the difference between somebody that's let's say drunk and somebody that has disabilities or you know so i want them to see a bunch of different things i want them social like where they've seen a bunch so they are comfortable in their environments um that's kind of where where I would go with socialization but I do do the I did with one dog at least do the meet a see a hundred people in by the time they were 10 weeks old see a hundred and now that oh doesn't mean oh my god I hate that I know you do that's why we're gonna like go on but I didn't did didn't mean meet a hundred people it meant see a hundred people so I still I don't like it if I didn't do it then the dog would never see the people how many people would be like, I literally have had the client. I remember this client six month old German shepherd had never left the house ever because the vet said, Oh, you can get parvo. So never left the house. You take that dog out into public. Now he's a nervous wreck, nightmare, aggressive towards everything. I think that's a different problem. What do you mean? I'm being, I'm being purposely cryptic. No, my, it could my be genetic, problem. but it also could not, because I've seen dogs from the same litter, yeah. more, more neutral, able to go handle their environment. Yeah, I, I do think it's just a different problem. And the hundred things could have happened and that dog would still be exactly the same. Could be possibly, but I don't yeah. think so. I've, because I've also seen the dogs from similar litters 
where one's bomb-proof because that one had been out about, exposed, neutralized, and other ones hadn't. So puppies from the same litter. Okay, right? we're gonna we're gonna cut you off now, Lynn. Kim, now you're gonna define your version of socialization. So so my version of socialization is kind of a two-parter. Um, I have general dogs and then I have, you know, insane Malinois dogs. Um, I used to teach puppy socialization classes. So it was popular, certainly, um, for some trainers to do the 100 things in 100 days. Uh, I didn't, I chose not to. And my reasoning for that was that those critical fear periods correlate with what, I don't know, someone decided is the the perfect period to um, socialize your puppy. It's for me, it's not about, you know, the sh- whether they've had their vaccinations or although that's important too um, for safety reasons, but they go through a lot. And there are some critical fear periods that happen in the three week uh-huh. to 20 week stage. And if you're hot and heavy on your hundred things in a hundred days sort of checklist, uh, you may be forcing your puppy to deal with things when they really kind of need a day off and people, or, or maybe you could socialize something less intense and it doesn't allow people to understand that those fear periods are important to respect and big changes, big critical issues should not happen to those puppies during the fear periods. So the fear periods you know, they vary. I mean, some people are going to say it's at eight weeks and 12 weeks. And um, what, what's another one? There's one when they're older, nine it's, months. For me, it's eight to 10, 16 to 18. No, wait, it's eight to 10, right. four to six, eight to 10. <clears throat> right. So there's some those and whether your dog fall, it, that doesn't mean that your dog's going to be afraid those entire periods. It's like somewhere in that those periods, generally the dog is going through, um, some changes in their maturation and they, they, they're kind of delicate at that point. So I I don't like that we do checklists and that we focus on socialization during fear periods. Um, I think that causes more harm than good. The other thing I don't like um, is that we, we get, we, we think that we can go through that checklist or a similar checklist um, and and we're socializing the dog when I think the thing the dog should be learning is the relationship with you as the owner and handler first. They should be learning to trust you. And then those those hundred things, for example, or the socialization exercises that you want them to um, overcome, the, the meeting different types of people, different races, different ages, um, people with disabilities, people um with hats, people with beards, you know, if you want, if you want your dog to meet all of these kinds of people, I think it should be done after your dog has a solid relationship with you and trusts that you will not put them in a situation that's going to um, be more than they can handle. They need to know that you've got their back. I think Lynn is actually closer to us than we thought though. Um, I think just the wording was a little bit different because Lynn, if you remember, said very specifically neutral. She wants them neutral right. for those stimulus. So she's not well, saying going to go introduce the dog to a million different people and have the dog meet them. The dog right. is and so many people think neutral. that's it, that, that yeah. it's like, let's throw your puppy into a play group and just let them go crazy. Now, I, I used to teach puppy socialization classes, which is somewhat ironic. Um, and we did do puppy and puppy play. 
but there were always those that kind of were the were the wallflowers you know they hung back and they watched did we force them to interact no absolutely not they don't they don't get forced they make choices depends on the dog right like I think this really does come down to the depends on the dog well we have some predictable times that we don't want to do these things right well I mean I like I'm going to read the dog if I see that wallflower type I'm going to go maybe fear period we're going to buy so I don't think like oh you have to do this 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 and this because it's the thing I think it's here's a list of the ideas and you could try it my most stable dogs were neutralized like I said I don't want them to go say hi to everybody because I want them to like they they need to understand and be around the things but but I'm not going to do that if they're in one of those fear periods either but I would argue your your most social dog had a very good relationship with you and a trusting relationship with you and therefore anything you showed that dog for life not just within a period of time not within the hundred days, anything you did with that dog was going to have a positive outcome because he already trusted that you weren't going to push him too hard, too fast. Yeah. And that's kind of that whole point. I think the list for me is more of a way to remember to do it when I see that it's right for the dog. I, I don't mind I also, the duration list. I yeah. don't mind the hundred things. I mind the hundred days part. Yeah. I'm not really too keen. Oh, like I, chaos was good. I think that dog was going to be okay. Regardless, although he was kind of a jerk to me most of his life. It wasn't a relationship thing. It was just, (laughs) you know, but he was bomb proof around other dogs. He was bomb proof around strangers, kids, people, everybody was, he was comfortable with. Now the Doberman, a Doberman is a very different breed than a lab. If you do not expose that Doberman to some stuff, you are going to run into issues later. So the Doberman, I had to be very careful. We didn't hit the fear periods, um, but are going to be naturally suspicious of anything so I wanted him very neutral towards things not suspicious of the butterfly flying around and doing its thing um so with him I did take him out and desensitize him get him comfortable in a lot of situations a lot of environments um and and it's and dobies can be pretty sketchy about everything or they'll be okay in the daytime and not okay at night or things like that so so with him I was very regimented about okay he's having an off day but otherwise I have to build it that like okay this is a hard thing we're going to work on doing hard things together so again it is is a relationship but there is some sketch that I would not I would not under socialize a Doberman versus like a lab or a you know border collie or something you say that but but we see so many like um right now since COVID and you know, a lot of under socialized dogs, you do see an yeah. issue with the dogs who were just home kept inside and not two years. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but and then- I, I think that's a factor of stress. Again, the owners were under stress, many of them lost their jobs, many of them were home, but they were not necessarily uh, fostering the relationship with the dog that they they should have, they may have been just a lot more stressed out. But I, I go back to that relationship thing a lot. Because without, without the theory as I'm presenting, which is controversial and I don't know that anybody else is doing it, but without the theory that I'm presenting, that the relationship comes first, that the trust comes first, and then you can expose your dog to any number of stimulus. And I don't think it's wise to expose them to things that they're never going to actually experience. I think it's wise to ex- expose them to the things that are 
relevant to their life. Like I'm not going to, you know, jump out of an airplane with my dog for socialization reasons, because that's not what I plan to do with my dog. You know what I mean? Also, so, you have to think too, what, a, like your dogs, but with a lot of people, those dogs might be rehomed a few times. So you don't know what they're going to be. Exposed well, and, to. and that's, that's kind of my point. If, if you miss the socialization window, is that dog forever broken? I disagree. I think you can get an adult dog. You can do the same thing, build your relationship, build your trust, and then expose to a variety of circumstances and alter that behavior just like you would a puppy. So I think there's no rush in socialization. I also think there's no end. There I don't is think no there's end. an end either. You're oh, always wanting to desensitize to and make the dogs comfortable. But I think, well, it's not like, oh, it's 100 thing... days. We're done with that part now. We can no, do something no. else. But I no, think no. one of one of the it's big forever. issues that we have lately is the people who think, okay, well, socializing my dog specifically means I'm introducing them to different dogs or specifically yeah, and that's totally I'm right. having people come over to my house and that's the end of it. Um, because you want them just, I mean, my version, I haven't defined my version. Thank you very much. Um, Oh, good. You get to pick the best of what I say and the best of what Lynn says. Yeah, mine is a, mine is a combo of both of you. It's, um, I want to take them out into different environments, um, expose them to pretty much anything that they're likely to see. So I'm not going to bring, again, I'm not going to bring my dog to, like you said, I'm not going to, we're not going skydiving. I'm never going to go skydiving. I don't like heights. Um, and if I do, I'm not taking my dog. Yeah. Um, but one of the the big things I do like about those lists is it's not necessarily people. Um, so if you're if you're exposing your dog to different people, you may think, okay, well, my dog has met you know twenty different men and twenty different women. Um, are they different races? Do they have different hairstyles? Do some of them have beards? Um, are you exposing men? A lot of dogs are terrified of men. Oh, that's for you want to sure. you want to make sure they're comfortable with different men, different heights, different, you know, yeah. sizes, body weights. Um, because Wrong. those are all different experiences. Um, the other thing, obviously dogs, there's, I'm not going to get into dogs cause I don't really, I want my dog friendly, but I, that's very different for me than for you guys, because you have, you have German shepherd, you have Malinois, you don't really care if your dogs are friendly with other dogs. Um, I prefer that people not get too comfortable with my dogs and that my dogs not get too comfortable with people. Exactly. Whereas I want, I mean, my dog right now, she will jump into anyone's lap and just feel completely comfortable. And generally and she prefers great. men. Um, my and, shepherds but that's what I, I would want. My I, I want them almost therapy level, but also able to do protection. So we kind of have a different like view. Well, I think it's, again, it can depend on the dog, depend on the situation. And I depend want on what the person wants through a crowd, completely comfortable if he sees somebody drunk, that's not a threat. He sees something acting crazy. That's not a threat. He can tell the difference because we've done it. But I so think it also, me, you're, you're doing protection. Yeah, um, but they're allowed to pet him. Although it's like, okay, of 10 people, maybe he says hi to one. Of the next 50 people, maybe he says hi to one. He's not allowed to, they're just not allowed to just go say hi to everybody. It's, no, but what I was going to say with that, the difference is that yeah. your dogs are doing protection. Kim's yeah. dogs are... Um, just not necessarily gonna interact at all they're more personal protection dogs Yours, and I they prefer don't, them to stay that way yeah and they don't have to really figure out if something's a threat because 
they the dog I'll let Kim's him know. yeah since Kim's situation is it's her responsibility to make sure the dog doesn't have See, to evaluate the stress and I, because I, she's a evaluating bit I disagree the stress. on that because I had the dog that was did like absolutely hate men I mean Zeppa was a true personal protection dog um you could not get near me um, I could stand there. I got him to the point where he could sit next to me. I could have a conversation with you, shake your hand and walk away. But if you tried to touch me or him, you were going to get nailed hard. Uh, that for me, I was like, okay, this is good personal protection. Nobody could get near me, but was I comfortable walking him through a crowd of people where I would need a personal protection dog? I want my personal protection dog out where I can use him when I need him. I don't need him like, oh, I can't, I have to keep him away because then how, what's the point of me having a personal protection dog? It doesn't, he's not there to protect me when I want him to do it. So there is different. But I'm, my my point world. is still, you are having him evaluate if it's a threat or not, right? No, I don't want him to react to any, like literally if I turn you on, you're on. If I turn you off, you're off, but I want him I relaxed in general around everything. Unless I've I don't do personal prote- protection, obviously. So I don't, I'm not like an expert on the topic. Um, yeah. but anyways, it doesn't have to do with protection, but it literally, like I want my, even my purse, my protection dog, my personal protection dog and my sport dog. I still want them comfortable around it. They don't need to be super friendly. Like, let me go, you know, Jag, I, I maybe he's going to meet 10 people. If he sees 10 people, he's going to maybe meet one. If, I think they're a sane person and not going to startle my dog or something. Um, the Doberman did meet a lot of people. I did but the other to. thing I want to, I want to really harp in on regarding so- socialization is it's not only people and dogs. Yeah. It's places. Yes. It's walking yeah. on different things. Um, yeah. I know um, in some of my socialization classes, I've had like, you know, different like greats, basically, like if, if you're walking over a, like walking through a city yeah. and there's a great, you know, you want the dog to be able to walk on it versus be right. freaked out by the sounds yeah. it makes, um, wood, like an old bridge, you're going to walk. I don't know. I have an old bridge in my neighborhood. Um, but you want the dog to not see that and be like, Oh, that's a different, uh, texture on my feet. I don't like that because yeah. that is very right. common, especially with some of the more fear prone dogs. Um, I tried or- to hit on a lot of that in my, in my puppy classes. Um, I played um, sounds in the background very softly for the very young puppies, thunder, um, gunfire, doorbells, you know, all of that sort of thing so that they'd be aware that it was there, but it was very much background noise. And as the class progressed, I could get that. I could turn up the volume. Basically, I could make it louder and louder. Um, So desensitizing them somewhat to noise, um, desensitizing them to feel just like you're talking about um, having them walk over plastic or bubble wrap or um, just unusual surfaces, anything. I, I had them playing with, um, you know, like ball pit toys in a, in a swimming pool uh, full of dog ball pit toy, ball, ball pit balls and <laughs> Easy for you to treats um, <laughs> so that they could snuffle around in there for treats and they'd be throwing the balls all over the place. And, um, but the noise that they're also creating um, in a, in a fun way was getting them used to things touching them and getting um, yeah, getting used to going underneath stuff yeah. and and you know digging through things and the other dogs are at the same time hearing that noise that's happening and realizing that it's something fun and not something to really be afraid of but but there's things you can do within socialization classes that are not just you know 
puppies yeah. playing with each other, puppies playing with people, um, and then you're done. It's I, I added in a lot of other yeah. sort of subtle um, things that would get the, the puppy. I also did training in my puppy classes. I don't know that everybody does that, but I would do a couple of little five minute sessions of sit down, you know, that kind of stuff. Handling is another one. Yeah, a lot handling. of yeah. handling. Which was nice too. I had plenty of people who wanted to play with other people's puppies. The yeah. other dog owners mostly. Teach him how to allow grooming. I do. Now I do sometimes. I know you mentioned I don't introduce to things outside of what they're going to see. I do at times because I want them comfortable with sometimes new things happen and it might be startling. This isn't something to freak out about. Right, right. Well, yeah, a challenge so, is fine. But the, yeah. the thing I focus on are the things that my dogs are going to see regularly. Yeah. I think that's my first focal point is, okay, you, well, and it, again, it's also going to depend on what the dog's going to be. Um, obviously yeah, your I German want shepherds, to, they're going to be a little yeah. bit different than a lot well, of that again is going to accept things a little bit more easy. And several easily. of my dogs also were studio dogs that are going to go on sets. That Doberman had to be able to go on a set. But so, that also oh, goes back to like that, that you are exposing yeah. the dogs to things they're going to see or may, may right, see right. Um, versus right. like, I mean, I'm not ever going to, I don't know. I, You're never going to hurt sheep on a boat. with Saria, right? No, but so you don't have to expose to livestock. Let's say yeah. I go. Well, I might. I, you can't say that. You might. You might. I know mm -hmm. a popular manual that said, oh, if you live in the city, uh, exposed to city sounds. If you live in the country, exposed to country sounds. How do I know that I'm not going to move? Because yeah. I might. So well, I'm but, happy to expose to everything. I, th I think under my under my version, my definition, you can do that when the time comes. You may or you may not, but if you know you're moving to the country, so spend spend a week or two conditioning your dog to sounds they may be hearing that are unfamiliar to your I have seen dogs because I don't think it matters what they. I think is. it gets harder though. I think I think it's harder when the dog is bigger. If the puppy has seen them both when they're younger, like I've seen dogs move from the country to the city and they are freaked. I think I'd almost desensitize them to it younger and just have like they've seen it before. I don't know. I, well, it also depends on the likelihood. Like you guys aren't moving, you know, for a fact, you're not moving in the next 10 years for sure. Right. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're obviously not going to worry about like, well, I have to desensitize my dog to the city because I might move. But if you're no. renting an apartment that, you know, you, you, and you plan on moving, then yes, let's say desensitize. I lost my house tomorrow and we were starving to death. Would my dog have to go to another home, maybe in the city? That's Possibly. not going to happen. But it, it's still a possibility that that next person could not, you know, do it as easily as I, I could I guess have done. I'm just, I'm just not convinced that the early exposure is meaningful. I think it just makes it a little bit, a, a well-socialized puppy that's confident and understands, like, um, the things are going to change and be different. Right. It's just a little but bit. It also gives you it's a longer necessary. amount of time for that relation. Like I, well, for me also, and I'm sure you agree on this, the relate. So part of socialization is the relationship that's built. When I say, look, this is something that you might be uncomfortable with. And I say, it's okay. And I'm going to help you through this. Yeah. So I'm building resilience to new things. If I start it when the dog is 10, they're not going to have long enough to do that. I agree with what you're saying, but I think that's that's kind of also what I'm saying is that your relationship and the trust that you're building with the dog is the first thing. 
this thing we call socialization is what happens just as a general rule of living with you. But we build that as we help them, like as I expose them to, well, so if I build part of that relationship by exposing them to things in a mild way so that I can say, hey, do I care? Like, do I care? I taught my, I remember using the the big round target balls, you know, you go outside the target mm-hmm. store and there's the round ball and the dog's like, I'm not too sure of that. And I'm like, I'm going to take a minute to help you get work through this. I don't, really but I would do that. I would do that with an adult dog. I know. Yeah. That, I think yeah, it really could. I be. mean, I would do it with it a puppy if it came both. up. Yeah, it but, could be both. But the whole point is, I don't really care if the dog interacts with the ball. I really care right. more that the dog right. works through something. The more I'm doing that, that's kind of how that relationship becomes right. part of that is the more I'm exposing and doing it. That's how that relationship sort of builds. But, you, but you I guess guys that... let them do nothing for like three years and then suddenly do it. You see what I'm saying? Right. But the we're, argument we're honestly I have saying is, the same thing. We yeah, we are you. saying the same thing. It's just, I, I'm saying that a dog can be socialized at any age to whatever. And I'm not confident. I'm not convinced that exposing them early is better. I think it's just because they're growing up. They're a little bit more open to new experiences Flexible. as long as you're not doing it in the fear period, which is just, you know, doing things properly to begin with. So if you're doing it properly, then we're all saying the same thing. Um, right. But the but rush to socialization or finishing a checklist, that's what I'm against. I really against. I don't, I think I don't it's think just a, a memory idea. jogger. I know the, that article exactly. that I had worked with um, covered things like, okay, don't just introduce them to people. I was like, okay, like we said, kids, hats, but you know, men, men with deep voices, men with high voices, men, they, you know, um, I, I remember taking a dog to, I think I took the Doberman to a fire station so you could see a man in a fire, like, you know, the fire uniform. Is he ever going to see that? Maybe, maybe not, but he was comfortable with seeing people because otherwise he might be a decoy, <laughs> right? I think it might also, <laughs> you know? um, but you, you didn't know, do that at, at 12 that. weeks. No, I didn't. But over lifetime, That's the what dog I'm, saying. Is I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. I but think- I also consider like socialization is the socialization period which is when they're younger um versus you know kind of desensitizing i mean it's the same thing but you're doing it the same way i think um i do i do think i have seen the dogs where i'm like you missed a critical socialization period and now we're doing behavior mod that we might not have done if you had exposed them when they were young i see it as a relationship problem but it would have been they a rela- had one part the of the relationship. Young, they have one now. If they had a relationship, but part of building that relationship is the exposure, is what I'm saying. And I'm saying taking the time, so. taking the time to like work with that puppy through the things is what built that relationship where the puppy trusts me that he can do hard things when I. There's just so. lots of things I could do instead of exposing them to something. Not. I could expose Why? them to training. Well, that's kind of part of the socialization. Right? I could expose, no, not really. I could expose them to training in my backyard with no other people around. That's, that's a relationship builder. That's, we can play. We can do all kinds of things that tells that puppy that I'm, I'm your person and I'm not going to let bad stuff happen to you. So now when we, with an adult dog, maybe I do that with all of my dogs and I don't get them out at all. And then I go walk into 
I don't know, a crowded city. I think if your relationship is right, your dog may be a little bit hesitant, but it's not going to, it's not going to be serious. They're going to look to you for guidance. You're going to, you're going to offer it. Is it desensitization? Eh, I don't know. Is it any different than socializing as a puppy? I, I don't think so. I think it's about the same thing. I think I'd rather socialize a puppy Malinois than an adult Malinois. Well, yeah, because the teeth are easier to handle as puppies. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. As I, I think I'd much rather. That's where I'm, like I said, like the Doberman. Man, if I didn't, if I waited until that moment to try to get him comfortable, he's going to be a lot harder to handle than. But how can we prove that? How can but we then prove you're that also, the dog didn't just adjust to your your relationship? And say, you oh, also, you've got me. Uh, you can also adjust your approach, though, um, and you you can poison things early if they're not exposed to it. So if they have a bad, ex- so instead instead of just yeah. taking it head on and going yeah. into it and taking care of it to begin with, um, what if they just have a bad experience on their own? And yeah, let's just throw them. Socialization like, needs to be done with a threshold, right? Like I think we'll all agree on that too. Like if yeah. I'm gonna go, de- if we're viewing it as sen- desensitize them to situations where they're neutral, so we're trying to make a dog neutral, and who cares? Okay, if we ignore the age, right? We're trying to get them neutral towards various environments, various things. You have to do that with the threshold. If you do that incorrectly by just throwing them in, oh, I want to get my dog used to people, so I take them to a yeah, like, I wouldn't do that music festival. I uh, that, that wouldn't way. do that. We would, you would always work at the dog's threshold and right. from I would work it. I would work the adult, just like I work a puppy. Right. It's no different. Right. So, so you, yes, you can. Well, I guess for our pet crowd, yes, you can poison things by just going, Oh, I want to socialize my dogs to, like I said, the people let's take them to a music concert <laughs> and throw them in the mix and hope it goes mm-hmm. well. You would not do or fireworks. That. Hey, let's yeah. take my dog to a fireworks show. He's yeah. part of the family. Yeah. No, not a good plan. And, and the dog's never seen or heard anything like fireworks. Right. It's, you would have well, to then, everything determine where that dog is come mm-hmm. just slightly wary and work it there, not push past that. But if your dog has not been socialized as a puppy during the critical period that they, they lay out, of you know like three to 20 weeks or whatever if your dog lacks that socialization i don't think that that means your dog is broken forever no it doesn't mean that they're broken forever but you're also you're also dealing with an overreaction possibly to something that you could have but again if your relationship is solid well okay here's an example right here i have a very never heard another trainer have this opinion i know i have a weird point of view i often do Well, I, I like, for example, with Saria, I didn't socialize her. I didn't have her as a puppy. Um, Mm -hmm. she's still very well socialized and stuff, but there are certain situations like, um, there was, for example, a man of a different race who was big guy, probably six, five or something. Um, and he was carrying a big, like, um, clothes thing like you know like a dry cleaner bag type thing. Mm -hmm. It was just a big black bag, um, that he was holding over his back. And it looks like it could have almost been a cape, but she freaked out. She was terrified. So we had to like go back and like redo that. Like obviously me and her have a very strong relationship and she trusts me in most situations, but she had never been in that situation. And so I had to go like basically work her through it because she, she was very scared of this, this. Right. But I I guess what I'm saying is that happens to dogs all through their life. I think that always happens because you can't, you can't find anything. 
But I mean, you can't train for everything at before 20 weeks. You can't, you just can't do that. I think if you're, I think the main thing is, is that we're going to be desensitizing the dogs using a threshold and moving them through uncomfortable things, using our relationship throughout the dog's life. I think it's easier to do early because they're smaller and right. they're a little bit more moldable. I'm, I, I want to say, I'm not later. saying don't do any socialization. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying that pressuring yourself or your dog to get a hundred things done in a hundred days is a little bit crazy. Um, if your dog is doing well, I didn't have that. I didn't actually, even when I did a hundred people in a hundred days, that was just by virtue of taking the, I could sit there, go take him and hang out at the, the coffee shop outside and have my thing and the puppies there hit seat. 25 people in one day. So I, I know, I know that's, that's us, but <laughs> yeah. people are given this expectation. People yeah. are seeing that, you know, things like a checklist. And if your dog isn't, if your puppy doesn't have all this done by this certain time, then your puppy is basically going to be an abject failure and you're going to have problem behavior problems for life. It's like, that's kind of not I think fair. We have the extremes and we need to be like advocating for that middle. So Yes. I mean, some of my best dogs were dog rescues. Out. I didn't have them as puppies. I, I couldn't put them through proper socialization. I know. And you would still have to desensitize them later. So you're going to have to desensitize mm-hmm. them young, desensitize them later. You can fix it later, but it is more behavior mod work than if you did it as a puppy. But I think the extreme, like we need to have them, like we said, don't go throw them into a music concert and expect right. and hope for the best. Don't also go, oh my gosh, my dog cannot leave this room for the first year of its life because I'm terrified of it or, or I'm lazy and don't want to, because you're going to then be desensitizing a whole lot more on a bigger dog later, especially if a breed like a Doberman is suspicious. I want that dog to have things that would startle him and he overcomes them by the time he's big. Now that Doberman has something that startles him and it's just not a thing because he's been exposed enough to being startled. Right. And I want to expose my dogs to things throughout their life. And I agree that puppyhood is an important time to do that. I just think that those who are pressuring puppy owners to get it done in yeah. a certain time frame, um, they're really making a mistake. You you should you should go to your dog's tolerance. I mean, I, I once was working with a um a guide dog puppy for one of the one of the guide dog schools. And um I had that puppy at, I don't know, 10 weeks old. I was I, I think I flew with him as a little puppy. I, I took him to Magic Mountain as a little puppy. Lots of crowds, lots of ack, ack, ack going on with the roller coasters, all kinds of odd stuff. He slept in my arms most of the time, could yeah. not possibly care less. And that puppy is probably fine for life to not have any, any new novel stimulus freak him out. Um, but a puppy who's freaked out is probably going to have a little bit of a nervous issue even later in life so you'll always have to be a little careful or take a little more time to introduce the dog properly yeah i think we're we're none of it i mean that's like goes back to what we were talking about with the crate training um is like if you just desensitize right off the bat it's easier than fixing it down the line when there a problem arises well that's a very good point alice So, I mean, you're, you're, you kind of caught me in my story just a little bit right there, but I, I do think, I do think the critical things you should do when they're little, 
you really should, but you have to be mindful that there are, that you shouldn't push the puppy too hard and that your relationship is important. And that's more important than finishing a dumb checklist. Well, I also yeah. think that people just do it improperly with a checklist because they're just thinking that they just take the checklist and just have to like knock it all out and do it. Yeah, yeah I've done it therefore my puppy's going to grow up perfect. But, but I like the if you see on for the people that are like, oh, as long as I have somebody visit my house once and we met a dog once, we're good. No, That's it's that, it's an inspiration thing. But like, yeah. if you look at like TikTok right now, it's huge because of, um, I mean, I, I'm on dog trainer TikTok. So I constantly am seeing the people who now have reactive dogs because they socialized incorrectly. Like we're saying, they overwhelmed the dog. They but they got the dog to socialize. They had they, the dog met too many people, too many dogs met them, got up to they them. The play That's them. not socialization now, to me. But though. now the dogs are reactive because now right. they're they're so right. over overly socialized though because they still they had good experiences with the dogs and the people. So now they want to pull and get to the people. Yeah, I play seen that and get all sure. excited. We all have we have a, we have friends that I've known somebody who's German Shepherd once is like freaked out. I got to go say hi to everybody because they have seen they've seen everybody as I can go say hello. The fix for that is right. to go meet more people. The right. fix for that is to like no, we're just gonna. So I think it's again. Well, that turns into read the dog in front of you because some yeah, dogs are be comfortable. Be the dog should be comfortable in their skin in a new new situation, but they don't have to interact with it. Yeah, I think it just goes back to the neutral. I think that's what pup, we all agree on. Yes. And how I worked my pup, because I did do um, like Jag. I knew I don't want, especially this line. I know this lineage. I don't, the dog needs to be comfortable in his skin. Um, so him, I just took him out. We'd go to Walmart. I'd work his obedience in the parking lot. He'd see people coming and going. He might say hi to one person, but pretty much we're just playing. We're building, we're playing together. We're doing obedience. We're, you know, here's a toy, let's play fetch or whatever. Yeah, there's all this stuff at Walmart going on, but we're just playing. We're we're focused on each other. There might be somebody you might be allowed to say hi to, and I would have him walk up and say, okay, go say hello. He can say hi to that person, but otherwise there's just a lot going on around. He was able to handle that. Now, would I say take a shy wallflower and throw him into Walmart on a Saturday? No, he wasn't that dog. So, um. Well, and it, I think it's a, the what we're really getting to the bottom of is this misunderstanding about what socialization is, yeah. And at least our opinions of what it is not what it what it's not is is just throwing your dog in and letting them fend for themselves right. in yeah, situations no. that they can't handle, and doing it within a specified framework of time, doing it in a specified way, you know, the the checklist, um, with without having that regard for whether your dog is ready for this yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say one more thing sure um i think kim i'm gonna call you out on this oh god i think you don't like the checklist because you don't like people telling you what to do Um, (laughs) you don't like these checklists telling you what to do i'm not gonna expose my dog to those things i i you can't tell me what to do that's who you are (laughs) you know i mean (laughs) with lynn and lynn it's labels with me it's checklists i do not like to-do lists i do not want a checkbox next to something that i have to do it kind of pisses me off (laughs) me too no but that's what me and kim have been talking about lately is that she she doesn't like telling herself what to do if i don't have a checklist i will not remember to do it i'm fine with a list I'm fine with the list. It's the boxes that I have some trauma about. 
It's, they're bullying you. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, they're bullying me. They're they're like sitting there mocking me. Look, I'm not checked. You have. But then to I think the I think my favorite part of it, Kim, is that even if you write it, you you told yourself oh God, what to do. And you still hate it. Uh, yeah, I don't can't, tell. I can't don't do tell Kim what to do. If I write to do list and then I go back and look at it the next day, and the to do list is telling me something to do because I told it to, it still pisses me off. He would hate my planner. I probably would. I, 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 can't can't stand, I can't stand it to do fulls of checklists because I need the checklist or I will not remember to do things like pay my house payment or, <laughs> you know, it just will it's not be forgotten. <laughs> it's auto pay. I don't even have to think about that one. But yeah, if I, if I have to do something, it becomes like such a chore to me. And that's why the checklist probably would never work for me. Um, I like, but a list of things that you should expose your dog to, I would probably be able to look at that list and go, okay, that's a thing that I could do. That's a thing that I'd want to try for. That's a thing that (laughs) will come up in my dog's life. If if it's a list, like it's a bullet pointed list, Kim's like, oh, what great inspiration. The second you put that box next to it, <laughs> so you put get out of my face. Next to it, it don't, even, don't even talk to me. And no, and I don't I want to accomplish when I, I'm like, I can put a mark. I have to, I like the feeling of No, they're nag lists. They just sit there telling you what you haven't done yet. See, now I'm going to make it to into... the not completed move to the next day list. Well, then you never win the list, do you? Because well, it just I keeps telling you what to do. I, I see when I can check mark it. Just doesn't. Kim, on Notion, I have, I. I'll drag it to the next day. So it doesn't even, it doesn't even get to tell well, me. I and that, do that's it fine. I'm doing that on notion too, where I can drag my, my tasks <laughs> to the next day. And that, and that's perfectly fine. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. Checking a box does not make me feel good. And seeing all the boxes left unchecked really stresses me out. Yeah. It really pisses me off. Oh, I didn't know this about her. But really? Now I'm going to make sorry. a bunch of checklists. Please don't give me a checklist. Well, it's like our internal external processing thing where mm-hmm. we're each other crazy. But it gives you think it's a boomer thing? Do you think boomers just don't like being told what to do? Uh, hates being told what to do. We had the millennials and the boomers telling us. What no, to I do. thought you guys just didn't like labels, but you know, we don't you like labels. You but we're pretty like no. You get you get a millennial telling them they can get chompy. The Gen X is a mad generation. We're the mad ones because we the just boomers always try to tell us what to they do. tell us what to do. You see, the we, we pat them on the head mad. and say, "That's cute." I'm not mad necessarily, but I know most of my generals like hated the boomers because they were all telling us what to do. Because they were your parents. Oh wait, no, we were like, Alice's oh, you parents. You guys are boomers. <laughs> we were we were more like your big sister. We were Alice's parents. No, I think I don't know. Yeah, because I'm old enough to be your mother. Technically I, old I enough to be a, my mom. Yeah, I'm technically old enough. Well, if you started early, yeah. I think, uh, so that article I wrote, we covered like, okay, people and dogs. Like they, I wanted them to see a small dog and a big dog. That doesn't mean play with them, but see them and know how, what, how they are. I they think that's another part time. of that problem because when we tell some, when we tell a client, your dog should see this kind of person, your dog should see that kind of dog. Um, I think they mean like the the general dog owner pet owner version of C like go over there and and play yeah. with it. go over and there see, and, and I, even nice. when I introduce dogs I had a protocol in my classes when I was introducing dogs if I if I was going to do this um that dog had to heal over sit 
in a T intersection. So one's facing one way, one, and sit, wait. And then I would, is your dog friendly? My dog's friendly. Okay, go sniff. They can sniff no, sniff butt, come away. Sit. You were so rigid. I was very rigid, but I liked it this way because now my dog only went to say hello when I invited them to do so. If they could not be calm enough and that dog could not be calm enough to earn to be, to be able to sniff, I didn't need to introduce them. If that dog was going it, crazy, I didn't want to introduce my dog to that dog and vice versa. But it very much depends uh, on the situation. Like we've been saying this whole time is like, if I'm taking my dog to a daycare, for example. Um, oh, I hate, I, I'm sorry. I do like daycare, but I also hate the like drag them in and play kind of thing. I cannot handle that. No, I don't either. And I don't like that style, but um a lot of daycares do um, like. And we always created our dogs first and then we would take them out selectively and play groups. Yeah. But no, what I was going to say is they do like a, um, what is the freaking word? Like, it's like a meet and greet type okay. thing. Did you um, lose your words again? Country word. I did. I lost, I lost my word. Um, Where you have to do the trial run in daycare. Kind of See? like an evaluation. No, not even that though. Like you're not, you're not doing a full trial. Mm-hmm. You're doing like a, um, you're yeah, having like your you're dog in like out. a, yeah, like in a small room, um, and then you add one dog who's super friendly and gets along great. Um, but if the dog, see, I also don't like meeting on leash most of the time. I, yeah. I don't like that's leashes. where I wanted them comfortable with. This is how you, if you're going to greet on leash, this is how you do it. And <sighs> I could cover the looseness of the leash. I could cover the briefness. I could cover that you have to come when I call you off of the other dog. That's why we did that exercise. This is where I use a muzzle. If I have any question at all, if the dog's not going to do well, I'll use a muzzle and shameless plug, check out our muzzle episode. <laughs> see, but I could, I could tell by if the dog couldn't heal over or say, well, see, one of the things probably not going to be a, okay. If thing. I could do it in a perfect world right now, I would want both dogs on leash in the same room, separated, like by the whole room. If the dogs are like, just kind of politely looking over and interested, then we let them off and then they can meet. Um, if oh, they're me. but it depends on the dogs yeah I guess if this was puppy labs and goldens or something yeah I'd be like whatever well, it's typically fine. the dog's going to daycare right right but if you see the dogs off, but I'm a shepherd person and oh my gosh but then your shepherds aren't going to daycare Lynn get I your know. shepherds out of my freaking daycare I don't but want that's them. again yeah so Lynn but I, want, I need more room if, for my melonwas at daycare but I can no your melonwas are not invited I can almost my melonwas just want to play no. You're friendly. Ugh. I could literally, though, in every situation, if I did that exercise where they have to heal up, sit. Your dog's friendly. My dog's friendly. Go play. Come sit. Your dog is okay. My dog is okay. Okay, they can release and go a little longer. The dog learns to come off. The dog learns to go when I invite them to go. They have to be calm to inter- be able to interact with each other on a leash. And if they can't be, I don't let them do it. So they didn't that's get so rewarded. Rigid. I that. can never do it. That's yeah. That's and besides it's, it's kind of an artificial decade. construct because yeah. the dog behaving under obedience is not the same dog that's interacting. It's freely. true, but my dog could be obedient in a play situation. He didn't have to be glonkers. So it did allow, and I use that for decades with loads of clients. That doesn't and, mean and that that's didn't... the best way though. That's your way. No, that's what you've but, done with a lot of but dogs. But it doesn't mean like it's a it. horrible way just because you don't do it either. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't like it. <laughs> so you might not, but like, I love it's it. It's one way. It is and a way. I'm not saying it's not a way. I'm just saying The I hate thing it. that's different too, Lynn, that I think that is 
like uh, where you come from is your dogs are required to be somewhat social and they have to be in that protection mode because of the sport that you perform in. No, I actually actually was doing that before I started in protection. I was doing that. I started that in like 2000 and did it for a long time. I don't do it as much these days because I just am like, whatever, I don't care. I don't have time. I have other things to do. My own dog, though, if I was going to do that, it would be that if I was going to introduce it to a dog. But this I'm talking about, I taught this in basic obedience classes. Yeah, but your basic obedience was much more stuffy than ours do you just go let like and but I also had the free play classes so I also had the classes where this is it's free play that's dog park controlled you know those kinds of things the well the the large field socialization so I did those as well and but but on leash this is the protocol because I don't want to have those clients walking down the street and their dog can't walk past another dog on leash I want them to walk past another dog. I don't want my dog pulling towards the other dog. No, but that's the point. My dog would never be allowed to go. You're never allowed to go interact with that dog unless you can do it mannerly. So then it doesn't become a thing. I've never had, none of those clients ever have had that situation happen because of that exercise. You don't get to go play unless you can do it in a mannerly way. And I can call you off. You're just not going to earn that right. My dogs can do it and be nice on leash under control and then they could go pin a dog in in as soon as you turn them loose they go pin them and make the little dog scream but i set those clients up to not have that situation happen by doing that exercise which is why i love it so i'm saying my malinois are liars yeah i've seen that with my <laughs> my, my mal mix was a total liar no too. seriously i'll be good i'll be i'll be totally good i'm i'm cool but that's another reason why I don't want freaking Malinois or German Shepherds in freaking daycare. Get them and out. They don't want to be there. house to the face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that guy on TikTok is so good. I know. I've, I've had that sent to me so many times now. <laughs> I don't know why. I wonder. I don't know um, why. But we got we to gotta wrap this up. Do you guys have anything else socialization? No, I said my piece. Okay. I think I'm pretty good on like we've covered. Well, again, it's get them neutral towards a variety of experiences. And part of that builds your relationship of trust where the dog is able to trust that you say it's okay. And therefore it's okay. And that you'll carefully build them. Don't just throw them in the thing. I think that's our wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. That's and our don't wrap use up. checklist because Kim hates checklists. No, no. Yeah, I have a thing about checklists, but no, I would say that focus on your relationship and trust first through exposing them to, you know, minor things, things you're going to do every day, like crates and, and house training. And, thing. You're building your relationship. And that sort of thing. Then you can go work on your novel stuff. Uh, see, I use the novel stuff as the relationship building. So that's, yep. I think, the main difference. Yep. We're different that way. All right, Alice. And what we've what we've really learned here is that Lynn introduces her dogs wrong um, when she's doing it in class. <laughs> right. Um, Y'all and Kim don't do it socializes right. wrong. Do it. I socialize incorrectly. And don't forget. And everything I, I do, do is right, though. Everything. I also really hate checklists. I, that's the biggest takeaway here is don't give Kim a freaking checklist or she's going to bite you. Exactly. She's going to say, don't tell me what to do. Okay. Well, that's the end of this episode. Um, you socialize on thank our you guys for, list. Thank you guys for listening. Um, join our Facebook group. Thank y'all.